Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. It's week 11. It's Thursday. I am Scott Pianowski, subbing for Liz Loza this week. And I'll be joined by my good friend Dalton Del Don, king of the survivor pool in a minute. And our goal today is to give you everything you need to know about week 11, the Sunday slate. We'll go through every game, the good, the bad, the ugly, help you make some fantasy decisions, maybe make you a couple bucks along the way. Mr. Del Don, how are you doing tonight? Doing well, P. Now, it's been a while since we've done a pod together, but uh, yeah, looking forward to talking some football with you. I am too. So let's jump right into it. Uh, the first game on our rundown is Indianapolis at Buffalo. This is a rematch of a playoff game. And look, we know the story in the AFC, right? Is anybody really that good? Um, it, you know, Tennessee doesn't really look like the dominant number one seed. Buffalo's had good games, bad games. You watch Carson Wentz on, on the right day. You think he's maybe a pro ball. You watch him on the wrong day. You wonder why they traded for him. Uh, I guess the first question is, can you trust Carson Wentz in this game? Buffalo's got the best defense in football by DVOA. There are pieces in this Tennessee offense we like, right? Jonathan Taylor's going crazy. Michael Pittman's having a breakout year. But I think the key to understanding this game is the is really getting a sense of what Wentz is going to do. What's your angle on that? Yeah, a few fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, the Bills. So I have Wentz uh, outside of top 20 fantasy QBs this week I would uh, try to uh, to look for alternatives if possible I believe they're also the only team yet to allow 20 fantasy points to a wide receiver so it's not ideal for Pittman either but you're still probably rolling with him because you love the volume I said uh, fade Jonathan Taylor in DFS just because I'm required by contract to, to fade a star um, because this matchup's so tough and he's still priced really high but Jonathan Taylor's capable of beating anyone on any given play you know so he's he's really good I don't feel confident about that but uh, there are a couple other pivots in running back as far as DFS this week but yeah this should be a fun game and, and I'm with you the AFC's it could be and you could argue for multiple teams and I'm looking forward to this one but as far as fantasy it's not great if you're relying on Colts yeah I don't know how great it is to the Buffalo side either look you're gonna play Josh Allen you're gonna play Stefan Diggs who just had his best game of the year who is in the circle of trust outside of those guys on the Buffalo offense yeah, and especially with Cole Beasley dealing with these this rib issue, because I would say him, actually, surprisingly, uh, with all those underneath uh, routes, but now he's banged up. Dawson Knox is another mouth to feed being back, too, and obviously not the running backs. That was already a problem when you had two two running backs. Now you have Matt Breida involved as well. So I hear you. I do expect a big game from, from Allen, and I, I can't tell you which receiver it'll be. Maybe if this is the week that Emmanuel Sanders cashes in those air yards, but um, this is kind of a pass-funnel defense with the Colts just so, so tough to run against 
think the number one uh, or number or up there, or whatever, in run defense DVOA. So I think the Bills are going to, as every week, just going to pass like crazy, and that'll benefit Allen. Y'all admit we're not going to talk about the Patriots and the Falcons because they're playing as we're taping. They're going to start in about an hour or so. But wouldn't the AFC East be interesting if somehow the Colts can pull off a win here and New England wins on Thursday? I mean, I, I think New England's a live team in that AFC East. Something we can talk about as the season goes deeper. Let's go to Baltimore at Chicago. Uh, Chicago's coming in off their bye week. And the last time we saw them, I thought they were robbed in Pittsburgh. I thought they should have won that game. Justin Fields looks better every week. He's got something good going with Darnell Mooney. They got David Montgomery back. So I I thought the line came out kind of high in this game. It's close to a touchdown. I immediately picked Chicago. And I'm interested in this. We can talk about the Baltimore's offense in a minute. I I actually see angles on the Chicago offense I want to play. And this is the first time all season I think I've ever said that. Fully with you. That's a lot of points. I'm on the Chicago side. Injuries, you need to pay attention here. Uh, Lamar Jackson dealing with an illness, and apparently Rashad Bateman's dealing with an illness also, too. I was really excited to use Bateman, uh, Bears, this uh, pass funnel defense, and Watkins was so bad last week. So I was, uh, you know, I was locked in Bateman, possible DFS option this week. So definitely paying attention to that situation. Bears, yeah, the, the Ravens are, you think of them as a tough defense, but they've been allowing a lot of yards per play. And, and Fields, you said it, he's looked really improved last time we saw him. So uh, I, I would not shy away from this if you uh but robinson and mooney are both listed as questionable too so a lot of injuries particularly with the skill position players in this game that you need to pay attention to yeah i want to say baltimore is something like 25th in defensive dvoa this is the game where I, I say don't be fooled by the decals on the helmets because if you think of baltimore and chicago year in year out as good defensive teams this year they're both below average on defense i think you're going to need to score 27 maybe 30 points to win this game yeah, no, totally. Um, there's some some injuries uh, with Khalil Mack banged up uh, both sides. So, yes, I, I agree. And, and, man, it's exciting to see Justin Fields. I believe he's been a top 12 fantasy QB each of the last two weeks he played. So, uh, man, let him run, and this should be a fun game. Hopefully Lamar is healthy. But it does seemingly like Lamar's battling the flu quite more, more frequent than most quarterbacks. But hopefully he's he's good to go. I expect that passing offense to bounce back after, you know, a dud the last time we saw them. I do think – I think I need the circle of trust. I think, I think I need a prove-it game from Allen Robinson before I start him proactively. It doesn't help that he hasn't practiced thus far this week. So I don't like him as much as some other people do. Let me ask you one more question before we move on. With Le'Veon Bell out of the mix, so there's one less running back in Baltimore, and I'm sure that means that Latavius Murray is probably ready to play. Do you have any trust with Freeman? Uh, would you play Murray's sight unseen? I mean, is there a playable guy in this Baltimore backfield right now? No, I don't love it. It's a, a better run defense for the Bears, too. I mean, if you have Freeman and running back gets thin, I could see you could use him in your flex. I wouldn't tell, you know, say that's a horrible start or something, but I don't feel super confident about any Ravens back. I mean, you don't either, do you? I think Freeman's looked okay. I always thought he was Freeman, playing better than Bell, I, I, albeit a, a small. Wasn't it cute that Le'Veon Bell wore number 17, reminding you that he was last fantasy relevant in 2017? I thought that was a pretty yeah. neat trick. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what number I would wear, probably a number in the 90s. But uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, no longer a Raven, took it in stride. I, I still think Tyson Williams should be getting some run on that team, but, you know, they have decided that he's not. I don't know, not trustable with the ball, not trustable in blitz pickup. I don't know what it is. I think Freeman will get double-digit touches in this game and is playable if you need him. Let's let's skip to this next, another uh, battle of North teams, AFC and NFC North teams, but not going to be anywhere near as fun. The Detroit Lions, heavy underdogs going to Cleveland. We don't even know who the quarterbacks are, right? Is Jared Goff ready to go? If not, Tim Boyle with a horrible resume in college, one touchdown, 13 picks. He might be starting this week. Baker Mayfield's get a litany of injuries. He has almost as many injuries as he has commercials. 
If I were the Browns, Dalton, I would play Case Keenum. I don't see how he could be worse than a banged up Mayfield. He's got history with Stefanski. He looked okay when he was asked to coach to, to play earlier. I, I think I think that's the right play. Let Mayfield get healthy. Let him film a few more commercials. I think Keenum would be fine. We know the Cleveland passing game has just been really a, a fool's errand to try to sort through their tight ends. Jarvis Landry's hurt. He hasn't done anything all year. I guess what are we going to get here? We'll probably get a, a decent game from Swift in the Detroit backfield. We'll probably get a good game from one of the Browns running backs. I guess it will be Chubb, but they have all sorts of talent there. They have a good offensive line, and I don't trust anybody in the passing games here. You know, maybe Jamal Williams will play for, for Detroit. That will help their running game too. You know, Hawkinson's coming off a zero. You really can't trust anybody in that Detroit passing game. So other than the running backs, can you sell me on anybody here as a fantasy play in week 11? First of all, uh, with you with with Baker Mayfield, why why no need to to, to push him through this game with the eleven point favorites at home, and and Keenum is totally comfortable in that offense. And Mayfield even said it's the most banged up he's ever been. Another game here that you really need to pay attention to injuries of the the key position players, both running backs here now with DeAndre Swift dealing with a shoulder injury after coming off you know more than thirty carries last week. You love to see that workload, but he's banged up. And you said Tim Boyle, the college stats four point five YPA that really hurts Hawkinson. Um, um, and then Nick Chubb, COVID situation. If he's active, I would definitely consider him a DFS option in this smash spot. The Lions allowing a ton of fantasy points to opposing backs. Um, and if not, it would be Dearness Johnson would be an even cheaper DFS option. And he was treated as a true workhorse last week. So pay attention to the injury situ- situations in both backfields. But otherwise, passing situations on both sides are pretty much stayaways. I mean, even Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, left practice uh, banged up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, on both sides there, it's not two intriguing fantasy options. I don't say this with any joy. I'm surprised people are still rostering Jarvis Landry. What's he done? He doesn't score touchdowns. He doesn't put up yardage. He When, when the Browns' typical offense is, okay, throw 25 passes and target nine or 10 different guys. Nobody's getting volume here. I don't see what Land- Landry's in his late 20s now. It's not unusual for receivers to start to lose it at this phase of their career. They obviously moved on from their other LSU receiver Landry to me just doesn't look explosive doesn't look healthy his quarterback's not playing well I I think he's somebody who's an easy cut right now in most fantasy leagues I'm looking at his rotowire box score Landry doesn't have more than seven points in a in a game more than seven fantasy points in a game since week one yeah I'm with you there and yeah yeah he's uh what are you waiting for Thanksgiving is next week <laughs> I mean at some point you need to see some points okay so we can move on from that Ugly game and move on to the joy of Houston at Tennessee. Uh, the, the Titans have won six in a row. The Texans have lost eight in a row. You know, if I were the Texans, I would just play Davis Mills the rest of the year. What? Where are they going? Terod, Terod Taylor has no future as a, a starting quarterback in this league, as far as I can see. See if Mills can play. At least they've gotten something out of Brandon Cooks every week, despite the stuff around him. He's been a very playable wide receiver two slash wide receiver three. And Tennessee, man, they've done it with defense the last two weeks, but they, they have right now a really ugly situation where Julio's on IR, A.J. Brown's dinged up. They have three running backs playing. None of them are playing all that well, and, and maybe they won't have McNichols this week. I actually think Foreman should be ranked ahead and started ahead of Peterson in any league. But, I mean, it looks like Tennessee just wants to win ugly. This looks like a game that's going to be like 23-7, to 20-7, maybe a defensive touchdown. But it's hard to find fantasy value in this game. Uh, have you talked to yourself? Maybe Johnson, the receiver for Tennessee, does he interest you? Where can we find fantasy interest with Texans, Titans? 
So selfishly, I hope they they go they stick with Tyrod Taylor this week because I'm fading Tennessee in Survivor this week. I hope they overlook them. I mean, how many games in a row can the Titans win? Just so impressive. They're seven and zero against last year's playoff teams. Although we have seen them have letdowns before the season, like with the Jets. Um, and they, yeah, I mean, they're a team missing Henry and uh, possibly you know, Julio. I mean, eventually those injuries will maybe possibly catch up. But um, Brandon Cooks is who I like here on Houston. I mean, the the uh, the target. I think he leads the NFL in area yard share and now he has a, a better quarterback throwing him i mean tyra taylor was really playing well the first six quarters of the year um obviously it was not so great when he returned from injury but now he's coming off the bye uh facing a tennessee team that's allowed the most fantasy t- points to opposing wide receivers so i really like cooks this week i used him in our bold prediction piece said he'd be a top 10 fantasy wide out even if it comes in garbage time and i'm wrong and they don't make this game competitive the final quarter may just whatever they all count the same so i do like brandon cooks quite a bit especially in ppr and then marcus johnson you said it if you want more of a flyer he looks like he's the clear number two in tennessee and donta foreman yeah absolutely he's a flex option there with peterson being so old all those mileage maybe no mcnichols and foreman um maybe not the same back since tearing his achilles but certainly more upside than ap at this stage of their careers i haven't been doing great with fantasy defenses this year but i did pick up the Titans defense a couple weeks ago. I'm certainly going to use them here. I'm also surprised this line is only about minus 10. I I don't like spotting double-digit points, but when we're talking about a number one seed, maybe Tennessee's a paper number one seed. Maybe they're not going to hold that spot, but Houston is one of the worst teams in football. I thought the spread came in a little bit low. Uh, Which way did you go on the point spread here? Yeah, I made in our stat picks my best bet the other way. I took the 10 and a half points. I think this is a letdown game, like I'm saying. Okay. I think Tennessee, I mean, you can only win so many games to just keep winning every week. I think Mike Frabel is obviously a good coach, and I've underrated him. But um, no, I think I think this is a Tennessee with Tyrod Taylor. They're a much better team than Davis Mills. Um, but maybe I'm way off. And in the, in the Houston, obviously, they're not a very deep team, and they're really, really bad. And it's possible they get blown out by 40. I mean, <laughs> that, that certainly wouldn't surprise me either. But um, I'm hoping, maybe it's more hope, because like I said, I'm fading in Survivor. I'm thinking more of my heart than my brain. Because uh, I could certainly see a blowout the other way, but man, I mean Tennessee—they're missing, you know, so many guys on, on offense. I don't know. I, uh, I, they keep getting it done, but I would not be shocked if, if, if Texans make this game closer than the point spread would suggest. I feel like Vrabel's been an overlay for Coach of the Year for like two or three weeks now. I, I regret not having tickets on that. I know the, the line's continuing to shrink, but it's all set up because they don't have now that Henry's out. They don't have a dominant player. If you don't have yeah. an MVP candidate and you're going to be the number one or number two seed in your conference, that the coach is going to get all the credit for that. Yeah, their defense is playing way better than expected, too. Yeah, no, and there, and there, there are no letdowns. I keep expecting it, but six wins in a row, is pretty, it's, it's tough, though, to win, you know, uh, in the NFL without, uh, you know, it's a week-to-week league, as we've seen. So, I don't know. I just kind of like the setup here with Tyrod T- Taylor uh, coming off a bye. But we'll see. See, other teams coming off byes have also been just super, super um, slow to start games in the first quarter with the new rules not allowing to practice the first week. So, that might end up being a hindrance more than a help. Let's try to settle an NFC North grudge match when the Packers head to Minnesota. And the big story here is A.J. Dillon's got the pilot chair now in Green Bay. Aaron Jones is going to be out for a few weeks. So I'm curious, who did you rank higher this week and, and who would maybe you more interested in rostering for DFS, A.J. Dillon or Dalvin Cook? Uh, great question. I have Dalvin fourth, A.J. Dillon sixth, but I'd consider them the same tier and I would listen to any arguments. I mean, they're right there the same. I love A.J. Dillon. Uh, in the right matchup, he could be ranked number one in any given week without Aaron Jones. I mean, he's the real deal. He's Derrick Henry clone. He can even be a receiver, as we saw last week. So, yeah, I'm all in on Henry. I, I mean, sorry, on, on the, yeah, the new Henry, A.J. Dillon. Yeah, I'm encouraged to see the receiving, right? Because what did he have, like six or seven catches his entire college career at Boston College? 
And it's not that I need him to be Christian McCaffrey or you know, Marshall Falk or anybody. I just don't want him to be a zero in the passing game. And the Packers have made it clear they trust him to play. Look, is he going to play every down? No. But they can throw two or four, two, three, four passes to him every week. And we know they like him when they're killing the clock. We know they like him at the goal line. I, you know, If you have A.J. Dillon right now, it is such an obvious plug and play. The question out, outside of those guys is where do we find fantasy value? I mean, okay, Cousins. Rodgers, I think we know what we're getting from them. They have, they both have star receivers. And because there's so much touchdown equity with Adam Thielen, I think you keep playing him. Do you trust Ty Conklin? Do you trust Alan Lazard? Do you trust MVS? Who is there a non-obvious starter in this game for you from a fantasy purpose? Well, first of all, I'd say the Green Bay Packers defense is playing so well. I did not see that coming, even with suffering some injuries. I mean, this is not the greatest matchup for Cousins, even though you could think this could be a higher scoring game. Um, um, not so much, I'd say, under the radar. One thing I'd circle back with A.J. Dillon that helps is that rookie Kylan Hill is on IR. He was another guy that would take some receptions. I don't think I really have a very good sleeper answer for you. Conklin, I mean, he gets the touchdowns. But I will say this. If you're deciding in DFS, like maybe between Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams, the the no Aaron Jones may, may siphon even more targets to Adams, who's kind of due for a blow-up game. I could see him indoors and just go absolutely DFS, break the slate. I could kind of see that coming from Adams this week. Yeah, he's only got three touchdowns on the season, but he had five touchdowns in the two Minnesota games last year. So maybe it's just due for one of those. You look at the receiver board and there's Devontae Adams, you know, with with two nineteen and three or something like that. Maybe that storm cloud is about to explode. Who I'm curious who you picked in that game, by the way. I took the Packers, but that's a total stay away. I feel like that one's gonna come down to the end. Did you have any conviction on that one? No, we 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 are in the same area there. I picked Green Bay, but not with any conviction. It won't be getting any of my cash because you know Dalton I want to bet all my money on Miami at the New York Jets because Joe Flacco's back in our fantasy lives uh, Tua Tagliavoa I always call him Tua because I botched his last name he's practicing fully despite that broken finger played surprisingly well I thought in relief against Baltimore to the point that you wonder why he didn't start the game altogether has Miami got its act together two straight wins they didn't really play well in the Houston game but you know they were impressive they were the better team against Baltimore no two ways about it And, you know, a month ago, I thought the Jets just had a mediocre defense. It's been generationally awful the last four weeks. I mean, three different games, allowing 45 points or more. Does Miami come to New York and take care of business? Do you think the Jets can hang around? You love the love the matchup for, for Miami, obviously. I moved Miles Gaskin up all the way up to my running back 13 just because the matchup's so good, even though we saw him not really have much success in good matchups a couple weeks ago against Houston. But, man, the Jets have just been magnitudes worse than the next worst run defense. So I love Gaskin, love Waddle. I'm with you with Tua. Uh, I, I'm, I'm buying his stock long-term still. I think he's going to be fine. Um, the Jets are just a disaster. And one problem I have with the Jets is Elijah Moore splitting routes last week with Keelan Cole. Come on, man, just get more out there on the field who knows what they're doing turning to joe flacco yeah it's not it's not an ideal ideal uh year you know first year for for sala in new york the funny thing is i thought i thought johnson looked pretty good in relief in the colts game i I don't i don't see why what is joe flacco your future quarterback i i don't understand what they're doing Uh, at least the weird thing about the jets is as poor as their defense has played they're actually getting running back fantasy value from two different guys michael carter's been valuable and ty johnson is he's, I guess he's more of the third down back, even though they do throw the ball to Carter a lot. They're both playable. Uh, are you confident to play Mike Isecki after he had a, what, a seven-target no-catch game against Baltimore? Is that just one of those flukes you write off and we put him back in the circle of trust? We know tight end traditionally a pretty thin position. 
Yeah, I'm still ranking him as a top 10 guy. This my ninth tight end this week. Yeah, it's still a, still a thin position, and you like the targets are there. Just writing that off as a fluke. And Tua, the further removed he is from that finger injury, hopefully he gets a little bit more accurate. What's your long-term view of Tua? Do you think like five years from now, he'll still be like the Miami quarterback? He'll be in the midst of a great career? Or it's more of a case of in a year or two, they'll be drafting his replacement? Yeah, maybe they're, I mean, they're already looking to try to get rid of him. And obviously the Herbert, uh, taking him over Herbert is is fresh in our minds. But I think he's going to be fine. And I think that uh, that that hip surgery was pretty serious. And I've given him another year. And maybe he's just always going to be banged up and it's just going to be an injury thing. But um, no, I'm I'm very open to the idea that Tua shows further improvement and he becomes a, a very much an above average NFL starter down down you know in the future. To be fair, they thought they were loading up the fridge for him, right? They thought, okay, you're going right. to have Devontae Parker. You're going to have Will Fuller. You're going to have Jalen Waddell. And for the entire season, I don't think they've had all three guys on the field at the same time. If they did, it was very briefly. So he really, to, to be fair to Tua, he hasn't had the full complement of receivers. And you could also argue Miami has the worst offensive line. I actually wrote a fade piece on Gaskin. It sounds crazy against the Jets, but I hate this yeah, offensive line. They cannot nope. open any holes at all for him. I could see a case where Gaskin gets 17 carries, gets 35 yards. I think he just basically did that against Houston. You're right, though, Pino. It's easy for us analysts to be like, oh, bad offensive line. But, man, they really are bad. Like, really, really bad. Like, it was a jailbreak in that Houston game. I mean, Houston, Houston's D-line was getting back there against Tua. So that is another thing to consider when you're evaluating Tua. Is he really dealing with a terrible offensive line? So you could be right with Gaskin. He is absolutely a risk. You throw him in your DFS lineup this week because that that could happen. I mean, you you love the matchup. But, man, if you got to have some semblance, so you have to reach a certain threshold of blocking, and they may not reach it. I always say that the NFL is a snow globe league and things change so quickly. And I get that sense when I look at New Orleans at Philadelphia. You know, a month ago, New Orleans had a different quarterback. A month ago, Philadelphia had no interest in running the ball. Now, what's happened since then? Jameis Winston got hurt. I thought Trevor Simeon was going to throw up all over himself. But he's actually been, and, I, and maybe it would just be at some point Taysom Hill time. It hasn't worked out. Simeon's actually been pretty good. And Philadelphia, I don't know where this came from. They went from a team that didn't want to run the ball at all to all of a sudden they found their sea legs. Jordan Howard's been good. Boston Scott's been good. And Jalen Hurts has been playing pretty mistake-free football. They've unplugged him a little bit. He's not getting a ton of volume, but you know Devonta Smith's having a nice season. So this was, to me, one of the most difficult games on the slate to analyze. And just to make it more difficult, uh, Alvin Kamara's got that MCL sprain. He didn't practice again on Thursday. So maybe we're going to see Mark Ingram, maybe even Tony Jones back from IR. I struggled with the Saints and Eagles. What were your first takes when you looked at this matchup? Yeah, you got to pay attention to the Camara situation. Returns to practice, but now out. So it looks like Ingram will probably start and be a top 15-ish type fantasy back. Traquan Smith quietly has emerged. I wanted Deontay Harris to be a sleeper, but Traquan Smith is now leading that team in, in routes and probably the receiver on the Saints I'd want to stash the most. I wouldn't want to start him in fantasy. And Adam Troutman, uh, the numbers haven't been there, but the routes have been there and the Eagles have allowed the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So he's a possible option. And Devonta Smith, the last three weeks has been, you know, the target percentage has been been up near 30 he looks like the alpha he looks awesome but this is a tough match of the new orleans team that does typically shut down the opposing number one so uh this is definitely a game i'm excited to see what happens here i think you need to be careful sometimes with with target percentage route percentage because they're not going to throw as much in philadelphia like if you if your target share in philly is 28 percent, that could be like 22 percent or 20 percent on a different team because they may throw 23 passes Yep, that's a great point. You're not, yeah, you're not confident using it. Yeah, they're not throwing a ton to Quez Watkins or Jalen Rager. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Dallas Goddard's banged up there. They became the most run-heavy team by far in neutral situations uh, since whatever you said, whatever that was four or five weeks ago. Yeah, they totally flipped the script there. So it is a great point. Those are those rate stats aren't uh, don't always tell the whole story as far as volume. 
Right. Yeah. You definitely have to pay attention. It's, it's almost like a platoon batter in baseball, right? You know, somebody's hitting 318, but they're not facing left-handed pitching or something like that. It can just be a little bit, a little bit misleading. I'm also curious who your pick was here. I, I took New Orleans, not with any conviction. I guess at the end of the day, I just trust Sean Payton more than Nick Sirianni. Uh, who got your check mark on this game? I took New Orleans as well. They're actually allowing the fewest yards per play on the road this season, New Orleans defense, uh, and Philly hasn't even won at home, but I don't know if that will matter moving forward. But I did, I do go to the Saints. Felt like a nice buy-low opportunity for them. So we got the football team at Carolina, and this is where I get to say Christmas is canceled because everybody's all excited about Cam Newton. And I'll admit, it was fun. You know, he got involved in a couple of touchdown plays. He got Robbie Anderson in the end zone, which I thought was impossible this year. But it was still just nine snaps. I remember how badly he played in New England. And, and yeah, okay, he, he got COVID early in the season. He said it was a hangover for the rest of the year with that. So I, I guess we have to be realistic about this. But I can't – and I know Washington's defense, until recently, last week they played well. For the most part, it's been a terrible defense. But I find it hard to believe that off the couch, Cam Newton's going to come in and be a plus starter. I, I think I think some of the expectations that are, are being floated for Cam – I. Look, if I'm wrong on this, at least I'll enjoy it. It'll be fun. I enjoyed what Cam did last week, but he only took nine snaps. He did not start the game. He has not been with a football team for several months. I think Cam Newton's going to let us down in this game. What say you? Yeah, because his running ability will probably end up like quarterback 15 on the week or something. But I'm, I hear you. It could be a total disaster passing, and it, it's a, it remains a huge mystery how that will shake out. I could talk myself into both defenses. Obviously, Carolina is going to be uh, more expensive in DFS, but their their secondary just looks so, so legit. And if there's a banged-up McLaurin, banged-up Gibson, I could see that getting ugly play, if they play with the lead. But then conversely, yeah, Cam Newton against, I know, no Chase Young, uh, but Washington played better last week, so that could be, that could be a, a sneaky cheat. A fantasy D this week against Cam Newton too. I mean, even even if he succeeds, you got to figure he'll take plenty of sacks. So this could be an ugly defensive type game, and I'm most interested to see uh, how Cam Newton looks as a passer at this stage of his career. And Carolina's defense is legit. You know, I'm just happy that Terry McLaurin's still playing football. I was in the car last week, and I heard that he injured his collarbone. His return was questionable, and my first thought was collarbone. His season's over. You know, who comes back from a collarbone injury? But right. I. He he came back, he played, he wasn't asked to do a lot in the second half. And um, the last I checked, he was off the injury report. So I, I guess Terry McLaurin is okay. You know, I had a lot of optimism for Washington before the season. I thought the defense would take a step forward. I thought the offense would be fun. Of course, you know, I, I didn't expect that Ryan Fitzpatrick would be hurt right away. But I thought maybe the step back, it wouldn't be that big of a deal with him hurt. I thought maybe Heineke would be okay. And I feel like anybody you've invested in in Washington this year, you've taken a loss on to this point. I made a futures bet of them winning uh, this division, and yeah, it didn't didn't work out as well as my my Corbin Burns Cy Young one did. But uh, yeah, oh, congratulations on hitting Burns. Well, yeah, well, let me say this: Gibson didn't have great efficiency last week, but he did get a ton of work. He Maybe did. it's a it's a big second half for Antonio Gibson. What do you say about that? Yeah, I'd love to see more targets, but he certainly he looked good. This is a tough matchup. Carolina D is so good, but yeah, if they if they start throwing him a little bit more, he could be so so effective at the goal line. So yeah, you got to you're starting Gibson uh, no matter the matchup, but um, it'll be easier ones than against Carolina this week. Man, that that Carolina defense is just so loaded. Legit, yeah, it's the top two, top three in DVA pretty much all season. So. Dalton, I know you're a big 49er guy. You're our, our go-to for San Francisco Intel. I thought I finally just I just gave up last week. I said, okay, they've lost eight straight home games. I'm done with this team. Give me the Rams. And then what, what of course, happens, the, the 49ers dominated that game from A to Z. Now they go to a Jacksonville team. As much as we're all told the Urban Meyer jokes, you know, urban myth, no urban renewal. Well, they did beat Buffalo. 
They did make a spirited comeback in the Colts game. That game was competitive. So maybe Jacksonville can hang in here. We have to check out what's going on with Elijah Mitchell, who was so yeah, so intent on not giving up his starting job. He played through a broken finger on Monday night. I'm not sure if maybe it's Jeff Wilson time. Could could Trey Sermon be summoned back to the to the 49ers fold? What are you expecting with San Francisco Jacksonville? Yeah, definitely have Jeff Wilson ready if possible. If you also have Mitchell, because he put a, a pin inside that finger on Wednesday. I know Shanahan is confident or keeps saying that he's confident he's going to play, but there's a real chance that that backfield turns to Jeff Wilson. Jacksonville's actually sneaky decent against the run. Like after a big first quarter for Jonathan Taylor last week, they kind of shut him down. DVOA, I think they ranked seventh. This is shocking. I brought this up to Harmon uh, P now, but do you realize that DVOA's number three offense are my Niners? Number three offense on the year, the 49ers. I mean, that's just Jimmy G's played great for three three weeks in a row. His YPA is like nine and a half or something like that. Yep. Yeah, for three weeks. Yeah. And and now Ayuk is back and Kittle's back and uh Debo is playing way you know, by far the best of his career. So uh and yeah, and it's and it's a run funnel uh, a pass funnel defense, Jacksonville that shuts down the run and Mitchell's banged up. So you could do worse than if you wanted Jimmy G with those weapons in this matchup. The Niners play far better on the road, actually. But yeah, I could see this being uh, the, the Jacksonville making this game closer because you never know what you're going to get with the, with the Jekyll and Hyde Niners. Um, the one the one thing I'd say as a 49ers fan that makes me less worried about an upset is just how bad Trevor Lawrence has been. I mean, he's just, it's been not encouraging. I know he's a rookie and there's plenty of time to improve, but man, he's just really, he's really struggled to start his career. Obviously the coaching hasn't helped and whatnot and there's been injuries, but but man, yeah, he has not, he has not played as I expected him to. I have two questions for you. Let's go with the first one. Where are we going to be drafting Debo Samuel next year? Man, uh, probably too high because he still remains a guy with a long injury history. And there's Ayuk and Kittle, and there'll be an unknown of a possibly raw Trey Lance starting. But he's going to have some big numbers, man. He's so he's even getting these contested catches down the field to go with all the yards after the catch. But I mean, right now he's what I mean. He's going to be drafted as a top five fantasy receiver, right? I mean, what do you think, Pino? Yeah, I was thinking late second round, maybe, maybe yeah. around where McLaurin yeah. went this year, maybe an eyelash yeah. earlier than that. Something like, I don't know, uh, 19th, 20th pick, something like that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Everyone, including myself, was drafting his teammate, you know, five rounds before him this season. But yeah, no, he's earned it so far. If the season ended now, late second sounds right about uh, for, for Debo. One more question I want to ask you. Again, it's a, it's a forward looking question. Let's say you're in a dynasty league. Which tight end would you be more excited about going forward? George Kittle? Or Dan Arnold. That's right. I thought you were going with it. <laughs> Dan Arnold is a target machine. Do you know that Kittle, Kittle has two targets inside the 10 each, a target inside the 10 each of the last two weeks. Hadn't seen one since week four of last season of 2020 had not been targeted inside the 10 until the last two weeks. So nice to see that. But uh, you laugh, but man, Darren Arnold is legitimately, a, I mean, you kid, but he's, he's a top 12 fantasy tight end uh, in PPR leagues, given those targets. He's graduated to the point that I don't even get Arnold questions anymore. I think people know if they've stumbled onto Arnold, that he's a startable player every week. And it was nice of Kittle when he came off that injury. You know, he had his best fantasy game in a year. It wasn't just – it's one thing to come back and, you know, have some yards or a touchdown. He had his best fantasy game in a calendar year. The story with Kittle has always been – because we, we love his, his joie de vivre and we love his blocking and we, we love his infectious attitude. But, you know, sometimes he's, he's it's a problem with touchdowns, right? I mean, totally. where, where are the touchdowns? But – He's looked fantastic the last two weeks. That team just has a little – they have more swag. They have just a, an attitude with him on the field that I don't think they can replicate when he's not playing. So it's just great to see George Kittle doing George Kittle things the last few weeks. 
And he bodied that catch too. He mossed the guy in that end zone. Like it's like, can't Shanahan look at that and maybe give him a few more opportunities there? I mean, Jimmy, yeah, I mean, totally. Yeah, yeah. That has been his fantasy problem. Not just the injuries, the touchdowns, but boy, he's certainly capable of more if they give him the opportunity. I'm glad you're here to help me sort through Cincinnati, Las Vegas, because man, just when I, I wrote a love letter to the Bengals after they beat Baltimore and since then they lost to the Jets and then they get absolutely trucked by the Browns. And Vegas, you know, with all the turmoil, they've you know the, the Gruden thing was was terrible, and then the Henry Ruggs thing was just god awful. You know, all, a loss of life, and his career's over, and it's just a terrible story. I wonder if that's caught up to Vegas. I don't know what to expect when Cincinnati goes to Las Vegas Sunday. Uh, what are you looking for in this game? Man, this is one of those. Uh, I, I, I such little conviction on this one. I can't remember who I sent in for staff picks. I probably the Bengals here because the Raiders really disappointed me Sunday night, right? When I believed in them, you know, they're getting pressure. The pressure rates top three when their blitz Max rates Crosby. bottom three, you know, I was totally buying it. They had good games too, Crosby. Um, and um, who's the other, there's another guy dominating on the line there. This game I'm with you. Totally unknown. It should be maybe high scoring. T. Higgins is finally going to cash in those air yards one of these weeks. Tough to start Tyler Boyd at this point. Um, you're, 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 you're excited about Joe Mixon in this matchup. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, the Raiders are a team that right when I was buying into that defense, they uh, totally failed to play cover two. Gus Bradley just did not do what the defense that had been shutting down Mahomes. So there's still questionable coaching even with Gruden gone in, in, in Vegas. Yeah, I want to say Higgins is only $15 in Yahoo DFS. And in the staff lineups, there was a lot of T. Higgins floating yeah. around. We know Chase is the alpha there. Nobody's disputing that. But uh, maybe it's a good time to fire up Higgins in DFS. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One of these weeks is going to really break the slate. And I feel this might as well be this one. Has Waller made you less likely maybe to go vanity tight end next year? I mean, this year, Kelsey's been a little bit of a disappointment. Kittle got hurt again. And Waller, with the first game, what do you have, 19 targets? But he's been just an ordinary player since then. Has your stance on taking a Vandy tight end changed? And will you apply something different maybe in 2022? Uh, Yes and no. Um, I'm one of the people that was taking Waller late second, you know, early, early third. And after week one, felt like a genius, not so smart ever since. Um, So while I would say uh, yes, there's someone named Kyle Pitts who I have a feeling like would make me be a hypocrite because I'll be totally go-go gadget reaching for him. But otherwise, yeah, I'm with you. Go after the other positions. But I'll probably make the exception for Pitts and being the guy reaching egregiously for him. Is Pitts number one on dynasty tight end boards, you think, right now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's number, he'll be number one on my tight end list next year. Yeah. So let's get to the fun game. Dallas, back in business. They, they did everything they wanted in week 10 and, and just beat the living snot out of the Falcons. And then we finally saw the Chiefs. It's been a while, but they flexed their muscles against the Raiders, whatever that means. Now they meet in Kansas City. And Kansas City right now is, is in the pilots chair in the AFC West. And uh, Michael Gallup's back in Dallas. C.D. Lamb looking uncoverable. He's getting a lot of slot work, about 70% last week. So I'm thinking you get a score 30-plus to win this game. I think it should be a, a fantasy bonanza. Uh, you see it the same way? Oh, yeah. Over under up to 56 points. This is the DFS. Uh, obviously, it'll be popular, but the D- DFS matchup of the week. Um, Lamb, man, you said it there. He, the move from Gallup, who's also clearly an option as well. Uh, he dropped a slant last week that would have added about 40 yards to his stats. Would have looked much better in his return, long-awaited return from injury. But Lamb moving to the to the slot is just simply unfair. and He's going to dominate in, in, in a lot of matchups moving forward. And uh, yeah, you could argue Dak, the number one QB, if not if it's not Mahomes. And it looks like like a CEH maybe rested one more uh, week where I think they might even have a bye. So Daryl Williams is a strong start. Tyreek Hill, like I said, is a, you're either arguing with Tyreek Hill or Devontae Adams as the number one fantasy wideout this week. 
Uh, one thing I will note is my guy, McCall Hardman, who I endlessly will, will say, oh, $10, why not? He actually was finally benched last week. He only ran like a handful of routes. So maybe not so much Hardman, but yeah, everyone else, go ahead and fire up in DFS this week in this matchup. Is it time to fire up a Dak Prescott MVP ticket? The last I checked, I think you could still get seven or eight to one on that. Oh yeah, with all the other candidates having plenty of warts. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no favorite now. Dak's been flat out awesome other than you know the one game he was returning from an injury. I mean, what doesn't Dallas have, right? They have two good running backs. They have a plus offensive line. And now that their receivers are all healthy, they ha- they have three receivers who do different things, who threaten different parts of the field. I Look, look it's 17-game season. Everybody's going to have weeks where they don't have it. I don't know what happened against Denver, but I mean, they've been about as consistent as any offense in, in football. I, I They're one of my first rewatches every Monday when I pop in the tapes. I, I think Dallas is everything. And Kellen Moore is a, is a hot offensive coordinator. He'll probably be gone at the end of the year unless Jerry Jones makes him an offer he can't refuse. I, I think it's a great time to get in, get some Dak Prescott shares with with a lot of other quarterbacks struggling. And we know it's a narrative award. Dallas could be the number one seed in the, in the NFC. That's perfectly in play. It's a weak division. I think all arrows are pointing to Dak Prescott right now. Totally. Kellen Moore factors huge. He's been super sharp on fourth down calls. They've been going aggressively on that. I love Dak for an MVP here. Um, I, the, the, if you told me the Cowboys are your clear favorites to win the Super Bowl this year, I would have no argument. Randy Gregory missed last week. No problem. Their defense still applied pressure. I mean, Amari Cooper hasn't even gotten going. I mean, this team at home can put put up points in bunches. Uh, yeah. How about them Cowboys? They're very, very dangerous moving forward. Yeah, definitely the game I'm most excited about on the Week 11 slate. Let's go to the NFC West, which is, again, always a difficult place for me to handicap. It sounds like Kyler Murray's going to be back in the saddle as Arizona plays its final game before its bye week. And did Seattle rush Russell Wilson back? I mean, he his finger didn't look right. He couldn't complete anything downfield. He threw a bunch of passes to his tight end, Gerald Everett. But I think Seattle could have played eight hours on Sunday and not scored. Part of that is Green Bay's defense being good. But Wilson did not look good in that game. Sounds like New Hopkins won't be ready to play. What's your take? It's just hard to know where the quarterbacks are at in this game. So I struggled with Arizona, Seattle. What was your first look? You're right. It's totally hard to know. I mean, how healthy is Murray if he plays um, and probably without Hopkins? And Russell Wilson, I heard part of the problem with his finger injury was the inability to take snaps under center, which like totally disrupts how they want to run their offense, all, all the shotguns. So it's not necessarily like the accuracy of his throws, but the setup before that. So I don't know if that's going to be a factor this week. Um, I guess my my main take this uh, in this game is I really like James Conner as like a top five back. Maybe that's not a stretch, but he could be the number one back this week because everyone loved him coming off the three touchdowns game against the Niners but he really failed without Chase Edmonds last week Seahawks are a great matchup and a banged up quarterback either it's McCoy or Murray and no Hopkins I think Connor could be the center of this offense with you know the rest of that Arizona team should bounce back defensively and all that so I like Connor to possibly have a really big game I'll give you two more takes on Arizona I think Christian Kirk right now is the most underrated receiver in football and I thought Eno Benjamin it was hard to know what the what what he would do when he came into a game by surprise when Edmonds got hurt but the week after, given that Eno Benjamin had a pass-catching profile at college, I thought he'd catch three to five passes. They didn't use him in the passing game at all. I was very disappointed that I thought there'd be a role for him as a, a satellite back, and they did not take advantage of that. And to the point that I, I have shares of Eno Benjamin that I dropped a week later, I just don't think they have a role for him. 
And he chucked my guy, Drake Patrick, on the Niners so bad, they released him a week later. And now I guess <laughs> Eno is missing a limited at Wednesday's practice with the groin injury. So yeah, he's a he's a flyer. If he ever gets an opportunity, clearly the guy can play and it's a nice uh, infrastructure around him in Arizona. But that's James Conner. He gets targets. Goal. I mean, he can get targets. He wasn't before. But with no Edmonds, he'll get targets as he did back in Pittsburgh and obviously the goal line guy. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Conner could be an interrupt, in eruption spot this week with, with Seattle. So let's look at the Sunday night football game. The Steelers travel to Los Angeles with probably all of their fans. They'll probably be 90% Steeler fans as the Chargers host that game. It sounds like Ben Roethlisberger is preparing to play. And to anybody who's been struggling with Mike Williams, I have great news for you. I put him at the top of my fade list this week. He, he was great <laughs> for a month. He's been invisible for a month. My fade list has been rejuvenating many players. So uh, if you're a struggling Mike Williams fantasy manager, maybe Williams will get it going. Of course, we'll have a single uh, single game DFS offering for this. So if you're, uh, you know, after you watch the balance of the Sunday afternoon games, you can focus in on this one, maybe play some DFS. What was your first look at Steelers Chargers? Yeah, man, Mike Williams is like a top five wide receiver the first five or six weeks and like the wide receiver 80 or something since. It's just been so ridiculous. I don't know if it is the knee injury or what, but um, I'm with you as far as not banking on a rebound this week. So yeah, cue the uh, blow up. Um, Larry Roundtree uh, was kind of caught my eye that he had a goal line TD last week. So maybe he'd be the guy if Eckler did go down, but hopefully that uh, doesn't happen. Um, yeah, obviously got to pay attention to Roethlisberger. Not easy it being this Sunday night game. Hopefully we'll get some clarity. Najee Harris, man, just getting so so many touches and now facing a chargers defense that ranks last in run defense in dvoa um so yeah you're firing him up yeah this isn't exactly a game i'm super looking forward to as far as prime time yeah i mean the good thing for harris is that it's not so much that the chargers can't stop the run they just choose not to Don't even they try. get off the bus yeah. and say you know what we're playing pass defense you want to run the ball all over us you go ahead and do it and some teams have done it you know the patriots ran the ball at will at them. The, the Browns ran the ball, I believe it was, at, at will against the Chargers. There's been other teams who have done it. The Ravens did anything they wanted against the Chargers. So although I think that's a reasonable way to play defense, it doesn't mean you want to be the worst run defense in the league and you just, you know, maybe make it a back burner um, thing that you do on defense. So that's our look at the Sunday slate. If you want to hang with us, get social with us, you're certainly welcome to follow any of us on Twitter. Dalton Del Don is how you get in touch with Dalton. I'm Scott underscore Pianowski, and the whole crew is over at Yahoo Fantasy, giving you all the intel you need to make good fantasy decisions, get deep to the season, get into the playoffs, win the championship, all that good stuff. And uh, Matt Harmon and TJ Hernandez, our, our good friends, will be doing a DFS preview for this week's games on the Saturday episode of the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. So you want to listen to Matt. You want to listen to TJ. Until then, for Dalton, for producer John, I am Scott. Straight cash, homie. Make good decisions in week 11. We are out. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.